Hey, what's going on, everyone? Super excited to be live on LinkedIn and um, got the crew here. And um, today we have our special guest as we talk about money, right? This is episode two. Uh, we got to talk about cash flow. How do you use money to your advantage? And no better person than Christine Tay. So, um, Christine, um, before we go too far, why don't you introduce yourself to our LinkedIn family here as well as YouTube. Yeah. Hi, everyone. First of all, thank you so much, Aldrich, for inviting me uh, as your guest. So I really appreciate this. I'm honored. I know you're asking me, do I want to do with Singapore? I said, of course, you know, you're my friend. I'm going to be your guest. So yeah, thank you so much. And then, so my name is Christine. I'm an, um, you know, I'm, I own, I'm founder of Tay Financial Coaching. So that's my last name, T-E-H Financial Coaching. So I help people transform their relationship with money so they can, you know, they can, um, they can achieve their financial goals without worrying so much about money because it all boils down to how is your relationship with money. Absolutely. So let's start with, since we're talking about money today, right? So how do you, what's the best way to utilize money to your advantage? And um, I'll start with Eldrick. I like to Me? hear your thought and your opinion. Man, yeah. I, I hopped so much airtime last episode that I felt so bad. <laughs> I think you guys should, you know, I mean, I mean, just, just as a, just as a uh, recap, just for Christine, I mean, I, I went on, I went on a 10 minute, like, historical lesson of what money is is like oh oh my god i was like well listening no no myself on Audrey, it was good jeez like, could be something anyway, it was good um maybe let's let's start let's start the other way let's let's go with jeremy then tim then me and then we have christine to have her view professionally and personally on what uh, money really means to us i think that would be a lot better shall we jeremy so we're gonna put you on the no. spot tim no problem <laughs> tim or me let's i'm fine it away uh, so, so uh, I'll, I'll go, um, start with the guy who has the worst relationship with money. Um, <laughs> bad, bad with money. Cash. We were talking about cash flow, right? Um, well, I think, I think what's best described me is more like, you know, living from foot to hand, hand to foot, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, I think I just have enough for the month with a bit of a saving squirreled away, um, for hopefully a rainy day. Um, cause you know, uh, I, I've, I've kind of always been a little bit more on the saving kind of person. Um, and then with the family, two young kids, um, single income, really not that easy. Um, you know, I wish I could save a lot more. I, I bet a lot, I bet a lot of people would, would want to do that too. Uh, but not so much for me. Uh, but, uh, in, in my last, in my last, um, experience, um, when I, sort of uh, relocated back from, from China for working there for nine years. Uh, that, that time was like a, at that time I was given like a golden handshake. So um, suddenly had a bit of a cash flow because, you know, um, I was long time uh, employee in the company. So I got, you know, like a 12 months uh, compensation. I worked like 13 years in the company. And uh, wow, then I had quite a bit of a cash flow, right? But um, uh, I guess I was a little bit um, clever in the sense that I didn't blow it up and, you know, go and spend it on a big holiday or something. Yeah, I did take a short break with the family before that. Um, but, but that experience um, uh, uh, um, educated me that uh, it's very important to really 
have some money in the bank uh, in case of any bad situation. And uh, because um, after that, I was unemployed for about more than a year, right? More than 12 months. So that amount of money quickly depleted and um, without cash flow, it's, it's really painful because um, you only see the cash flowing out and nothing coming in. Uh, and uh, it is really painful. And I, I believe, you know, now with the pandemic, a lot of people will be facing this challenge, which is why I think um, this topic is relevant. Um, and just to share, you know, in, in the news uh, for Singapore, I think recently in the news, there was a survey conducted, I don't know, thousand people or something. Um, it, the the, 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 uh, the survey uh, finding was that two out of three people in Singapore um, do not have enough savings to last them for six months uh, if they keep up with their existing lifestyle. So another uh, wake-up call. Um, so, you know, with all these things in the back of my mind, yes, I do think cash flow is important. Uh, I'm trying my best to make sure that, you know, uh, whatever goes out is lesser than whatever comes in. I guess that's like the basic equation um, for, for, for cash flow. So that's my little take on it for now. Um, Tim. All right. We were, we were talking about relationship, relationship with money or cash flow on this one. So we're talking about um, utilizing money to our advantage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to make sure, ah. want to make sure I, was, I was answering the right question. That's fine. All. <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll tell you this. Like, my relationship with money has gotten better uh, over the years. It's kind of like a fine wine, I guess. So, you know, when I was younger, I was definitely Mr. Paycheck to Paycheck. I won't deny that even a little bit. Uh, you know, and you kind of realize after a while that it's hard to keep up with that. And uh, something's going to go sideways, usually your credit. So, uh, you know, my relationship with money has gotten better over the years. And how do I utilize it to my advantage uh, is invest. Invest, invest, invest. So, you know, I invest in myself. Uh, you know, there's certain investments you make. I'll give you an example, right? If you're going to teach people how to go remote and how to streamline their business, then it's important to invest in, in a tool like DocuSign. So you can teach people how to use it and then also show them that you're using the technology to help them streamline the business, right? But that's an investment you make. So you pay the $50 every month. But at the end of the day, it's a tool that you can use to streamline your own business. And then it's also a tool that you can use to help teach people to streamline their business, right? Um, and other things is investing in the market, which I, I started doing a little bit more recently. Uh, but hey, that's that's helped increase my relationship with uh, money pretty well. It's done good for me. So uh, you know, those are a couple things I do to utilize money to my advantage. But it's if I, if I could use one word and I could use it three times: invest, invest, invest. That's a nice one. Um, I I uh, I lived from paycheck to paycheck when I was young, so I'm gonna steal your headline here. But uh, <laughs> just a little, just a little, um, adding some flavor to it. When I was very very young, like uh, when I was in um, primary school, uh, seven to twelve years of age, uh, I I I my my pocket money was. I wonder if the Americans call it like pocket money, but it's like allowance, allowance. Uh, was very meager. Um, I, I could only afford a meal, but I wanted a lot more. So uh, it was my aunt. I mean, 
just just like my post, I was saying that my aunt was the one who gave me that um, enlightening rod. So she said that, well, money doesn't drop from the sky. You can't dig it from the ground. You gotta earn it, right? Follow the people, and you'll see the money. That's that's the first lesson that I ever had from her. So I was like, hmm, okay. So when uh when I grew up, and people said, follow the money. I know exactly what they mean. Like I can smell it. Like I can see the sharks swimming. Like when they do big trades over the public securities platform, I was like, hmm, I see some anomalies here. I see some spreads opening. Like why? Like, hmm, okay. So should I hop on the bandwagon? Should I bet against them? I think, I think that's, that's one way of thinking about uh, utilizing uh, money. Uh, the other lesson that I learned when I was pretty much as a working professional is that um, money, when it's static, if, if you just leave it there, it, it doesn't mean a thing. Money has to move to have meaning. Um, meaning to say that um, while we are on a spending economy, we, we have to spend it to get the value. Mm. But what do we spend it on, right? So Tim mentioned that his kind of investments is not so much on the public securities alone, but it's also on the skill sets and on his business. I subscribe to that too. Um, I, think, I think when when we first get our paycheck, probably for the first year or so, right? I think Christine will be the right person to, to say this, but I'm just going to leave an opening for her, is that um, if we are looking at a 10% return, a 12% return for our first two years of our working life, it will not come from stocks or bonds or portfolio or, or unit trust or ETFs. It's going to come from ourselves. Because if we put in the money to do personal development for ourselves, the next job offer that we're going to get, the next promotion we're going to get, that quantum is likely to be high. So I think, I think that's how I think about things. Uh, it's not always about like, the money, but uh, how we invest, which is Tim's word, but how do we invest in ourselves and our knowledge to know that at this point in time this thing that we are doing has is the right use of my money that's what i think but i think christine has a lot more to say so i'm, I'm leaving this as an opener for her yeah sure yeah I, I love what uh tim said about investing in yourself so i really agree with that so i didn't come from a history of like you know some people become coaches because their history with dad getting out of it so my history fortunately i was um raised by you know in, in a family that was already very good with money so my aunt was a great mentor to me she was very frugal she saved money she came to the united states so i i'm chinese born and raised in the philippines so my aunt moved here to immigrated here to united states by herself she built herself up she she worked hard she was single no kids but but she um you know she she was able to buy a home retire well and she wasn't making much money so so she was a really good role model so so i kind of followed after her she had she had me open a Roth ira so so this is in the united states the Roth ira is a um retirement account it's after tax so she had me open at 20 years old and i'm like i have like what the hell is Roth ira so i was so glad she made me open it because now you know the money has really accumulated you know because of all the years being invested there and then i've been contributing there so as far as how do i make money work for me 
so yeah, I really believe in also investment. So I'm not, I'm not a big, um, you know, f fan of putting too much money in cash. So, so I, I think when I was an employee, um, because I had a steady paycheck, I was actually a more high risk taker. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to all my clients. Typically, it has to be like three months to six months worth of emergency expenses. So what that means is that you figure out how much you need for your lifestyle per month. Then you multiply by three or multiply by six, depending on your risk tolerance. So I was more a high risk taker. I literally only had one month worth only because um I knew what I was doing and then like I invested everything else anything over that uh, one month I invested everything so but when I quit my job last year in May so I literally I have six months worth of emergency expenses now because entrepreneur you know I I don't know who among your full-time entrepreneurs I mean our income goes up and down you have no idea so so you have you know for safer reason I I put six months but then like anything after that I still invest invest in myself and invest in everything else so i i don't want to make any comment on investments because i'm not a registered investment advisor so i can't comment on that publicly but then like i do invest and i educate my clients what investments are and stuff like that but i don't give them any investment recommendation so so yeah i also believe you know investing in myself so like i'm a, i'm i've been a coach since september 2016 i quit my job last year may of last year so i've been a full-time entrepreneur more than a year so you constantly have to invest in yourself how to build your business so i got my enrolled agent which is an irs designation so i can be a tax professional it's an added value to what i do i you know tax is important right you cannot run away from taxes so my motto is that if you can run away from something might as well make that your friend so it might not be my best friend but taxes is my friend now now that i know it and understand it right so and also like investing now i i launched my linkedin online course so i'm i'm starting to build more digital products as well so i have more passive income because like as a coach you only get paid uh, for the service if you do one-on-one -on -one. so you get paid if for the time you you do right so at least in digital service so the more i build and invest in that so it's more one-time thing and then it's, it's it tends to be more passive right so i think my next goal i'm trying to work on now that i just launched my linkedin online course it's been successful so i i'm that encouraged me to actually build another one more for financial literacy so i'm gonna build a financial literacy online course because then not everybody can afford my services as um new to do one-on-one -on -one. and then they're usually the people who need more of my services so i really i feel bad for them so i really want to help them so i can only do so much i give them installment plans and stuff like that but i don't discount because i don't believe in discounting because um you know that i don't want to devalue myself so i actually did a post about that like how do you guys feel about bartering or discounting so a lot of people if you read the comments actually don't like bartering or discounting because like bartering sometimes unless you know the energy exchange is is clean sometimes you, you feel it's not fair like, like i've done that like initially i've done that like i wasn't too happy with the result because i got something that i wasn't too happy about so i end up like you know just telling them you, you just pay me what i'm worth i pay you what you're worth and then let's just do it that way even though it might be equal dollar value but we still pay instead of bartering then we don't have to count whatever hours or whatever right so so then discounting so unless you came from a place where it's a gift like it's a clean energy you really want to do not discount neil you have to know why you're discounting right so are you discounting because you feel bad this is a friend like you're gonna think oh i'm a bad friend or whatever so if you're thinking like that do not discount because you're gonna resent it you're you know the energy is not clean so it has to come from a place like 
you really want to, it's a gift, the discount is a gift, then do so. You know, you can discount as much as you want, as long as you know it's coming from a place of generosity and a place of giving. Yeah. I'm yep. with you on that one. Uh, it's <laughs> like, I think, I think uh, there's a vast majority of us here. We, we do our own things. Kevin does it full time. Uh, mm -hmm. Tim and myself, we do our own thing and then we, we have something else. Um, Not me. I think when it comes to a point, a point where we are talking about a transaction, uh, that's when the entrepreneurial side of us starts to realize that the world is exciting out there, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's not about the income. Now it's about the revenue, right? And how you structure the revenue. How yep. do you, if you want it like flat or you want it like bumpy, and, and I'm with you on not discounting. I think um, that there is a certain, there is a certain like, rate that justifies why we are doing what we are doing. But mm -hmm. beyond that, of course, we can be flexible, right? Like um, when, when I do coaching with some of my mentees, I, I told them I understand. Like I understand, but if you see the value of what I'm doing, I'm not going to discount my hourly charges. But if we overrun, I will not bill you. So mm -hmm. that's one way, right? Yep. So if exactly. you want to squeeze the maximum value out of me, it is totally up to you to prepare. And if mm -hmm. you overrun, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine because mm -hmm. it means that you're interested and I'm interested too. So there's mm -hmm. many ways in which we can structure things like that. Mm -hmm. um, buttering sometimes I think it's difficult. It's like uh, how, how many... Oh, how how many pounds of beef for for three <laughs> fishes or things like that? Uh, no no no, it's okay. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like one hour of my time worth one hour of your time. So so yeah. yeah, so it's like there's so much you know why just charge what you charge like you know do you charge that much for one hour whatever that package just do yeah. so just pay each other you know and I think that's yeah. that's better it's cleaner energy. Yep. And uh, sometimes when uh, because because I do have some. Uh, like mentees from, uh, let's say, Zimbabwe. Oh, Kevin, you like this. Recently, I have one from Cambodia. Uh, awesome. Money is a real issue. It's a real issue. Like we're talking about people living on USD $2 per day, right? To say that, to commit to a coaching service and things like that, you know that they are dead serious, but the transaction doesn't work. So we, we can always get payments in other ways, right? Like, can you mm -hmm. refer me? Can you refer me to your working professionals in your country? That's one way, right? You, you bring, bring some sales to me. It's, it's also a form of payment. Or you can do recommendations for me. Or you can tag me on your post that helps me to increase my exposure. That works too. While we don't drop our price, that doesn't mean that we don't accept other form of payment. And by that, I don't mean Visa and MasterCard, right? I mean, other creative <laughs> ways. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. Just my add-on. Yeah. Kevin, let's yeah. go. Yeah, so I think my relationship with money is kind of interesting as well and how I um, learned to make money work for me, right? Um, I'm similar to Christine. So I'm Chinese. Um, I'm immigrant um, from Hong Kong um, to the U.S. And um, very typical Chinese-raised family, right? Uh, my mom and dad came here um, uh, because 1997 happened. Uh, we knew China was going to take over Hong Kong. So we immigrated to the U.S., had family in the U.S., and um, came here and just um, worked at a restaurant, right? My mom and dad, and then slowly uh, my dad worked at a restaurant and then later owned a restaurant and then later on owned multiple restaurants, right? Um, so very typical um, Asian family that immigrate to the U.S. But at the time, um, my family was very typical 
Asians, right? They believe in saving, right? Um, you just live very frugal, but we just keep um, cash in um, our safety deposit box. And then um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get that. Uh, report, hello? Hello? Report, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. uh, Timothy will not be able to appreciate this, but it's like whoever Asian wants thing, to pay uh, cash. I, pay ca <laughs> I, I can understand that. Yep. Uh, I, uh, under the it, pillow, under the mattress, <laughs> random stuff. Right? That's um, Asian. That's definitely Asian. Uh, yeah. I get that. I get that. Okay. Uh, yeah. th so that's my upbringing. So that's how my family's safe, right? And then I slowly, uh, you know, as I grow through college, and I shared this in uh, some of the other episodes before, I was like, man, um, there's American families that um have like way bigger houses, and they have uh, cars, and um, their dads and my parents have like um investments. So, and then it started um opening up my mind. What is investments, right? So um, after mm -hmm. my senior year in high school, I started looking into um, uh, what do these American families do that my family don't do, right? And then I started learning how, uh, you know, Roth IRA, different stuff. And I, I used to be a, a researcher. I'm still a researcher, right? Um, I used mm -hmm. to hang out at um, Barnes & Noble and all those bookstores all day and just read, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I started learning how can I uh, utilize money to my advantage, right? So Asians, we're very big on not taking loans and make sure that you pay back everyone because you don't want to offend family. You don't want to offend everyone, right? So um, the whole philosophy in my family is there's no debt, right? Uh, you don't owe no man debt. That's just not good. But then I started learning in America, huh, you can use money to your advantage, you know, yeah. uh, and you start utilizing, hey, you can borrow, right? And then I start learning, hey, what's interest? Um, how do you build credit? And then how do you utilize money to work for you? And um, and I told the story before in 2007, um, I was in a family business where me and my dad were partner. My father ended up diagnosed with cancer and um, I lost my dad, right? And in 08, I took a bankruptcy um, because the um, business I was in, um, at the time we were going through a financial crisis. Um, it wasn't a business I wanted to do personally. And so a lot happened, right? But during that time, as I was rebuilding, I start really understanding how I can make money work for me, right? I started you know, I had to rebuild, right? I didn't start out, let's go back into entrepreneurship, right? I, I started back at uh, very low, right? After bankruptcy zero and rebuilding my credit, right? And then going to work corporate jobs and slowly strategizing how I can come back. But now I understand how I can actually utilize my money. And um, now I'm a full-time entrepreneur and um, and had my business for close to six years now. And um. I absolutely agree with Christine. Um, you know, you have to look at, don't go spend every dime you have, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have to have a savings, right? And you have to weather the storm. And in entrepreneurship, your success rate is based on cash flow. And mm -hmm. especially during this pandemic example, mm -hmm. why were, are so many businesses closing their doors and then there are people that can weather that storm. Just mm -hmm. because the, the weather's well 
You don't go start buying Mercedes and buying bigger houses and doing all these things, right? Um, it's what the media wants to sell you, what the marketing wants to sell, tell you. But I mean, if you can, then that's great. But I do agree with Christine. Do you have a savings to weather those storms? And um, I think it leads into our next topic, right? Um, how do you cash flow? And I think um, a lot of people don't understand what cash flow really is, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's not just having a lot of money, right? <laughs> um, cash flow is the ability um, to weather storms and different things like that. So, um, yeah, Eldrick, Tim, Jeremy, Christine, your turn. <laughs> should, I, should I go first? Because I sort of answered that the last we, round. We have uh, the money queen goes first. Oh, yeah, cash that's better. Okay. <laughs> could be your pet topic, though. I, I would love um, to okay, share so your, your perspective on cash flow and taxes. Huh? That would be very and, interesting. And taxes? Yeah. Let's see oh, okay. how you put that okay, together. Okay, sure. Yeah. So cash flow to me. Okay. So as an entrepreneur, I mean, like we don't have a steady paycheck, right? Right, Kevin? So you understand that. Like we literally have to hustle. So it's like there's a there's very different mentality with the entrepreneur and employee mindset. You know, employee, they get comfortable, steady paycheck. So they're not in this hustling mentality. And then there's nothing wrong. You, you Some people are just not meant to be entrepreneurs, right? So for us, like we need to be in positive cash flow. How can you be in positive cash flow? You have to hustle. Like you, you have to have the hustle mentality like if you don't market if i don't show up on linkedin every day if i don't do any of that like i will never get sales if i don't have sales i don't have money if i don't have money i don't have food so how can i pay for my mortgage and everything else right so yeah. you have to hustle and then how and you need that cash flow you need to always be on passive cash flow so i'm always on top of my budgeting like i know so this is the first week so i'm really happy like i hit a lot of my goals this week like i'm already on passive cash flow so everything else the rest of the month is just gonna be all profit it. so so that's why cash flow is very very important you have to be on top of it like i know several friends of mine who just quit their job and then they think oh yeah like clients are just gonna come in and then they they hate doing marketing they hate doing all of that because like there's two there in in the business like you know there's working on the business which is like 80 90 of the time which is the marketing and everything customer service you do everything right unless you have the money to hire va or whatever but if you're just starting out, you don't have the money to pay for all of that. So you have to do everything, right? So then 20%, 10 to 20% is really the, the time spent with clients. So to be honest with you, if you look at my um my my weekly schedule, like I don't have many hours of client facing actually. So a lot of my time is working on the other stuff and that's fine. And you know what? I'm profit. I don't need a lot of clients to be profitable. And that's why I'm, I'm, I don't want too much time on a one-on-one. -on -one. And then because then it's very draining. The reason it's draining is because I put so much in my one-on-one -on -one client. Like, you know, like when you're so passionate about something, like you just give like 120 or 150% of your energy there. Like after the session, you're like, oh, I'm tired. And it's like a good tired. And you just want to like go to the TV. I just want to veg and like, I just want to watch TV. Cause like you're done, your energy's done. And it's good, it's good. You're living your life. And then, and and I love that. So basically, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like entrepreneurship, you have to be on positive cash flow all the time. And then in terms of so taxes out you were asking so so okay with entrepreneur um then we had the self-employment taxes now right you understand Ooh. that kevin so, <laughs> like, actually it's the same it's the same for singapore oh okay employee and employers uh -huh. really understand like the international tax code it's the mm -hmm. same tax code 
it's a okay. it's an enemy for the employees, but it can be a friend to the employers if you understand it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yep. you're on point on that one. <laughs> Sorry okay, so I, I'm Let's not I'm not too familiar with the Singapore tax code, so so I don't I tend to not go there. Like I was like I was like oh, there's so much to work. So that's why I just focus on the US. But but yeah. that's good. If it's similar, so there we have the self-employment tax. Like you know you have to pay the employer share and employee share. So it tends to be higher if you don't know how how to work it. So there's yeah. different legal entity you can do. There's business. So for me, I I like to just keep mine sole uh, sole proprietorship because then. I, I want to keep it simple and then I just want to make sure that I manage everything pretty well. So that's in terms like I like for my taxes, I like to keep it as simple as possible. So later on, maybe when I start to make a lot more money, then I might convert to an S corporation. So I don't know, Kevin, if you're an S corporation or not, but I think for yep. now, I'm happy with the whole. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy with the sole proprietorship. So yeah, you know, so, you know the tax advantage of, of S corporation, yep, right? I'm an S corp. Yep. 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 Yeah. So for me, I, I haven't done that because I, I I like to keep it things simple. So I'm not sure about Singapore. So yeah. So basically, cash flow is just it's mainly about you know like making sure that you you're always watching your um you know your your money like what it comes in goes out and then like I'm always trying new things to be able to bring in income. That's why I have multiple sources of income. Like I do financial coaching. I do um, tax preparation and um, you know planning, and then now I started to do LinkedIn coaching now, and then I just recently launched it last month. Then I also just launched my LinkedIn online course now, but I still I also have an online budgeting course, but I'm thinking of doing another digital product for my financial literacy. So I have another digital product because like there's only so much time you have for one-on-one coaching. So I want to try to devote on other things, but there's a lot of projects to do like. My live stream, like I want to convert that to a podcast, and then like I haven't done that yet because I already have several. So I don't know if you guys are gonna convert yours to a podcast too, because why not just utilize the audio and then push it so you have, you know, you're gonna be in more places. So I'm actually thinking about that because I probably have ten live stream now, so I can just push that out and then so you can be, I can be in more platforms as well. We're already on the podcast. Yep. Oh, this is Tim's job. So. Oh, I think this is a good conversation. Yeah. So I just want to jump in real quick. Um, While Christine was saying, um, you know, and Aldrich too, you guys were talking about services, right? And when we're talking about cash flow, um, and I know Dennis is on his entrepreneur journey. And I think um, here's some good tips here. A lot of the people who are starting out um, in entrepreneurship or coaching and different things like that. Um, you need to start looking at creating products, you know, versus just services, because Christine's absolutely right, right? Um, earlier in my career, I've done my share of consulting, coaching, different things like that. But you only have so many hours in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and not only you, if you want to work 12 hours days, that's great. But guess what? <laughs> Your clients don't. They work in an eight hour window. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you have to try to fit them all in and you have a ceiling, right? So I always say create businesses that are sticky services where people can't just leave. And that's how you can take advantage of cash working for you. Right. There's certain things. Example, um, subscription services are great. Right. Think about it. If you're you're using QuickBooks and uh, you're so deep into it, your business. Most likely, you don't want to leave QuickBooks. It's a sticky business. Same thing. Microsoft, Windows, it's a sticky yeah. business. You aren't going to stop using Windows only if you jump to an Apple product. 
But guess what? It's a habit. You're already used to Microsoft and you're going to be a Microsoft user. But you can do the same thing with your business, you know, no matter what you do, right? Like example, I do digital marketing, right? I understand my client's brand is very important to them. And if I can build them up, I can build all these services up social media wise. My clients are on retainers, right? I don't really do the one-off graphic design or uh, let's build a quick website or different things like that. That's not the type of business I run. So all my clients are on agreements where they're retained. Uh, and it's very sticky because if I do a good job, my team does a good job, they don't want to leave. You know, why would they leave? You know, because they're putting themselves in a position where now they got to do all this stuff, right? So it's sticky. So I think it's so important um, when people who are new to the entrepreneurship, I think it's important to think about how can I create products that people need month after month, you know? And um, that creates a positive cash flow for you. And it's a lot much easier to calculate based on instead of hourly, uh, if you have retainer approach, then you know how much money you have, you know, for the next several months, right? So just a thought while we're talking about it. But I, I think, I think that's relevant. Thought. Yep, I think mm -hmm. that's Great. relevant. Yeah, because uh, when, we think about, when we think about cash flow and recurring cash flow, uh, most of us, we start off with our employment contract, right? Now think about it. It's that contract that gives us the recurring cash flow. We can bootstrap it. So basically, the way that contract is structured is that you sell 30 days of your time, you're paid. And then you sell another 30 days, you're paid, right? So when we are going and approaching our entrepreneur's journey uh, on one of Dennis' questions, is that when, when we are serving our clients, right, no matter what, uh, what kind of arrangements that we get to, what's the kind of contract that you can construct? Kevin's, to Kevin's point, a retainer, a retainer is a contract that is a long-term one and it performs similarly, not totally the same, but similarly to your employment income type of contract, right? Of course, there's many other contracts that are performance-based, for instance, uh, that's totally not based on retainers. It could be like uh, we, we do and agree based on a certain milestone and if I finish ahead of time, right? I'm not going to nickel and dime you, but if I finish ahead of time, let's agree on an incentive, right? So, so I'm a big fan of that one. I'm not such a big fan of retainers. I understand why people do that. But because of the nature of one of the things that I do, which is coaching, I don't want people to think that I'm out there to uh, sell based on my time and I'm billing them based on my time. So sometimes I will convert them into a more performance-based ones to say that, look, if I get you to your objective early, right? Forget about the retainers. How about incentive? Let's do that, right? So then there's no uh, conflict of interest, right? There's no like uh, the, the clients are thinking like, ah, you, you are definitely delaying. You want me to pay you more based on your hours? And then uh, on my side, well, definitely I'm delayed because I'm charging you by the hour, right? So, so that's one thing. And then um, I think when it comes to cash flow and things like that, Christine men mentioned a point on budget. Uh, I, work on, uh, I work on a budget that most people tell me that's pretty ruthless. Uh, I, I budget per day. 
per day. Uh, I'm looking at a fixed expenditure of, for instance, 100 is an arbitrary number, 100 a day. And that 100 must not come from my savings, my current account, or my investments, or my dividends, or my bonds, or my revenue, or my quarterly earnings from private equity. No, no, no. That 100 needs to come from the earnings that day. Mm-hmm. That day. So whatever I do that day, it is with the purpose of generating at least 101 bucks. Mm. So I don't touch what I have. I continue to build on what I have. And that ties in with the mentality of uh, hustling, right? Yep. Um, I think <laughs> yes. Christine, Christine hustle a lot. I've been, I'm a big fan of marketing. I'm not a digital marketer, but I'm a big fan of yep. marketing yep. because I think, I think at the end of the day, it's always the thing that sells the thing that really matters. It's not my service or product that matters. It's me. I sell my service and products. Marketing, me. I post twice a day. I tweet five times a day. I'm on podcasts. <laughs> I do webinars. You know, like when, when this episode goes on YouTube, I go and I ask people to go watch and things like that. Uh, yep. I do live interviews, right? And things like that. Man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hijack all your senses. Like, you know, your audio... <laughs> Your tags and whatsoever. Yep. Right? All I want you, you guys to know is that, hey, just have to know that this crazy guy called Eldrick here exists. If I have any issues, I can look out for him. And that's, that's what I, I want to. I think to build cash flow and to hustle, uh, a lot of people, they probably got it wrong somewhat. They think that it's the sales first and the service delivery first. I don't think so. I think it's the marketing first. Um, on an arbitrary allocation of effort per day, I think I focus... 75% of my effort per day on marketing, like replying on comments, like, like polls, like trying to see what's going on via Twitter. I learned a lot about the US from Twitter. Uh, I mean, like, it's wow, but anyway. From Trump, from Donald Trump, Twitter. From President. More than that. For all their Twitter is the wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not even on Twitter. I mean, I am on Twitter, but I never log into Twitter. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand Twitter, to be honest. I'm like, I don't understand tweet, Twitter tweet. too. You're not alone. You're not huh? alone. Yeah, it's like it's like what's this tweet, tweet, tweet? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, are you supposed to like do like one sentence, one sentence? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Tim, uh, Tim, you have something I, to I say. I'll leave this opening to Tim. Tim is on the sales yeah. path, but let's yeah. hear from him. I, I'm laughing at the comments of this, like, uh, Tim has a teddy bear. and like, <laughs> <laughs> You guys should read the comments. It was like, they were, uh, they're having, like, so much fun in the comments. <laughs> I'll, I'll break it out a little bit. Let me be, let me put, you know, I got a button up today. Like, let me put, let me put the, the, sale, the serious face on, and then I'll go get the bear. After everybody, <laughs> I just passed well. I think we would have a bigger audience if you bring the bear out. <laughs> this is to- this so- this show has totally been hijacked. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, cash flow. Jeez, where do I start? I I'm, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> start with the bear. <laughs> all right, cash flow. Right. First of all. For me, cash flow is minimize your expenses. That's how I look at it, right? Because it's very easy to have positive cash flow if your expenditures are not exorbitant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that being said, you got to make the money to have the cash flow. So all of you guys have already said this. So it's, uh, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. I'm just kind of simplifying the message. Um, for me personally, in my business, I take small jobs, I take big jobs. So like for Kevin, he's like, hey, I don't necessarily want a one-off website. I'll take a one-off website build for somebody because it, it gets my foot in the door. Because if somebody doesn't want to pay me five grand a month initially, but I say, well, look, I'll do a website for you for 500, right? They could swallow the 500 in the car business because their website sucks and they know it's going to bring them return. So I'll take a small job to get my foot in the door and then eventually turn it into a consulting game. Um, so, but at the end of the day, like that's, that's how you get the cash flow, right? You can't turn down money. Um, you know, there is some stuff that's not worth my time. To Christine's point, you don't discount your services for some things, right? But again, if you can get it, if you get your foot in the door with a small gig and turn it into something consistent, a subscription-based consulting gig, that's how you turn it into cash flow. So, but the key all along is, you know, my business is not a big expenditure business. So, with that being said, uh, you know, positive cash flow for me is not hard. Then it's just managing my personal expenses at that point. So that's how I feel about cash flow. I don't want to uh, take up too much time. Let's get to Jeremy. I, I guess I'm next, right? You yeah. are, Jeremy. Yeah, so uh, I'm always the one out because uh, everyone on this uh, chat are a sort of a coach or entrepreneur or some sort. And uh, so I, I had the privilege of hearing you guys go. So I, I just wanted to touch on a bit, a few concepts, right? Like um, Christine so spoke about um your 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 salary uh, as an employee employee mindset right um the the biggest thing i've learned recently based on what i read on you know social media really for a full-time employee you you got to think about it although you have a you have a, a very uh, a stable source of income cash flow inwards but always think of it this way right uh it's a subscription that the company is keeping you on for your services and value delivered it is a subscription. It is not something that is guaranteed because uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it works in the US, but in, in Singapore, it's very, very, uh, em uh, it's very employer uh, biased. Um, you can have something on, you can have something on contract, but if tomorrow they say, sorry, we gotta, you know, let go of you, you're gone. There's no guarantee in terms of compensation because uh, it's very employer um, uh, centric. Even if you're in union, um, there, there isn't a law that will protect you if you get retrenched and you get X amount of money for X amount of uh, time you are in the company. So just be mindful of that. There's no guarantee, there's no law. Um, you are not protected. So always be mindful that um, your services, your income, your salary is a subscription uh, to, to the company. So the day that you're not valuable anymore, the subscription goes away. Just like the day you don't like Netflix anymore, you terminate the subscription. So that's very important. So if, if you know that, um, really, uh, for a full-time employee, uh, your cash flow is the cash flow inwards is either one or zero, right? You have it or you don't. So what happens if you don't have any more uh, any more uh, cash flow in? You lose your job, right? That's the whole thing that's in my head all the time since the last time I lost my job uh, is what keeps me awake. Uh, I think a lot of employees, um, full-time employees, probably only realize that um, their value is is only as much as if they're in a company. Otherwise, they get zero uh, dollars coming in. So with that in mind, 
you need, at least for me, I need to think about, you know, what do I have in the back uh, if I lose my job tomorrow? Uh, right now, I don't have anything. I do have this live chat. Hopefully, it turns into something. But that touches on the concept of hustling, right? Hustling and investing in yourself. Uh, unfortunately, I'm very late into the game for this. Um, investing in myself, uh, you know, the only, probably only thing I did uh, late, recently in the past two or three years was really uh, to, to do a, a personal branding sort of a, a, a investment in myself. Hence why I'm in uh, LinkedIn and all this. But really, it's trying to build uh, hopefully a plan B, uh, sort of a safety net in case, you know, tomorrow I don't have a job anymore. Maybe I have some network I can tap on, which was something I never leveraged on in the past. So, so that's the whole reason why, you know, when I mentioned uh, uh, why I'm on LinkedIn uh, in the earlier episode. So this is the whole reason why I'm doing this. It's really about uh, having that having that backup, you know. Um, but what do I do in terms of uh, uh, backups? Uh, I, I have savings, but I'm probably like the stupidest guy on earth. Uh, I still believe in the eighth wonder of the world, uh, interest rates, which are really <laughs> low. But 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 I don't I don't do stocks and shares, right? I, I don't think I can sleep well, you know, with the thing fluctuating so much and something that I have no control. Um, so I don't do that. So I just park my money in a in a fixed D and you know, make that make that amount of money without uh, making sure that I don't lose my principal. It doesn't get easier than that. It doesn't get simpler than that. But more importantly, uh, I want to touch upon another concept called budgeting. Um, like Tim mentioned, right? Uh, watch what you spend. I always tell people it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Right, you could you could make a hundred dollars, but you spend one hundred and twenty. You you're never gonna you're never gonna have that kind of a cash flow, right? You're never gonna have savings. You're never gonna have enough for a rainy day. But the more important concept to budgeting really is on a day to day basis. Are you tracking your expenditure? Right, it hasn't been easier than now, right? So I do I do track my expenditure day to day. Every every time I spend on something, I go on my handphone, I go on an app, and and type, you know, this is what I spend. It, it goes into a category, right? It's on kids or it's, it's on a personal entertainment or is it on the home, all that. And, and at the end of, end of the month, you know, I, I do like a little, uh, uh, it comes into a nice uh, uh, pie chart and then you can see where your savings go. And if I'm hardworking, I, trans, I, I, I copy all those information onto Excel spreadsheet. I do some calculation. And usually I do that like once a year if I am hardworking. I will look at, what comes in and what goes out and see if I have any savings, right? So that's how I manage cash flow. And I just wanted to part with uh, a, a few of these uh, concepts that I think works for me. Uh, yeah, but probably doesn't work very well because I'm not like the richest guy. Um, but it, it, it's enough for me to survive, I hope, uh, and have some a bit of a savings. Um, but, but also one more concept really is uh, uh, you need to think about um, insurance, right? Because that will come in and wipe out everything, right? So I think that's also important. Um, people might disagree. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I just wanted to end, end with that, yeah? Any comments? Oh, I uh, I was going to talk about the insurance thing. So I don't know how um, insurance works in Singapore, but I, I'm... I'm a big believer. That's a non-negotiable insurance. So, so, so sadly here in America, like um, you know, people pretty much um, <laughs> changed the 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 Obamacare into something that's like not mandatory anymore, which I think was a, a sad thing to change. But because then you know, I mean, um, you need insurance. That's the entire to insure because you just don't know what will happen. And I know people who are not buying insurance because you you I mean you don't have penalty anymore for it. So you can literally not have insurance. But I think. 
you still need it because then you don't know. As far as coronavirus, what if you got coronavirus and you end up at the hospital for two weeks or more? How much will that be if you don't have any health insurance? So buy health yeah. insurance. I think that I think that's a non-negotiable. Even my pets, I have two dogs. I have health insurance. I mean, not pet insurance for them, and it literally only costs like two hundred dollars a year. No, seriously, because I'm glad I did. You know what happened two years ago? Oh my god, it was like. It was a year where like everything went wrong with the dogs, like and then so so one dog, they she literally broke her molar, you know, like they chew on stuff. So so if you wow. go to a re if you go to a regular uh, veterinarian, what they do, they just want to take out that molar. That's the easy way for them. I didn't want that. I said that's a molar. That's a very important teeth. So so we literally had to go to specialist, a veterinarian, you know, a vet dentist. So yeah. so we had to go there, and then they did a root canal on her. So they kept they kept the two tooth. So 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 I was so happy. That cost you know how much that cost? Four grand out of pocket. But good thing I had insurance, so it didn't cost me that much. Then like a month or two later, oh my god, the young dog like it swallowed <laughs> it swallowed some pills. You know like because there was another dog that stayed over, and then the other dog was like you know like find so many things, and it was kind of my fault. I, I left some pills on the coffee table. Our dogs don't touch, but the guest dog touches, so he took it, and then like we literally had to take them to emergency. So they had to pump the stomach, they had to stay at the emergency for like a week. So you know how much that cost? Another three thousand dollars. <laughs> so imagine if I had to pay out of pocket. So so that's yeah. that's like. That's expensive. Seven thousand right there, easy. I mean, you know, I might have the savings, but I'm not gonna spend all that. Especially like I can buy something two hundred dollars per dog per year for annual insurance. I think that's a no brainer. I think even people who have pets, please get uh, you know, pet health insurance because then the younger you start, then the cheaper it will be. Because also the thing with pet insurance is that you know they don't cover pre existing condition. So if you have this, and then let's say I don't know, they they got some sort of condition skin condition whatever then you switch insurance at four or five years old they're not going to cover the skin condition the whatever that happened before that so you literally kind of want to stay in the same insurance forever because it's not the same as human insurance so so that's something you have to watch out for most pet insurance they don't they don't cover pre-existing condition yeah so I'm very big on this because, like, I really hate the seeing like the GoFundMe. Like, it's like GoFundMe. My dogs, uh, I don't know, have some sort of surgery, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I, I'm not gonna like support that unless like I don't know, it's a good friend of mine. But it's like just get health insurance. Like, it's part of the responsibility of being a pet owner. So you have to have insurance. I know about Singapore, but here in the US, I mean, those vet surgeries, those everything's expensive here medically. Okay. Same, so, same. <laughs> Same. Insurance, yeah. It's uh, medical cost is always an issue, but uh, just to tie it back to the topic today, which is cash flow, right? We yeah, we we are always attracted to the cash inflow, but sometimes we miss out. Like, oh, oh man, it's leaking, it's leaking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 it's leaking. Let's 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 try yeah. to like, like fill up the holes, right? Like, um, that's that's how I think about when when I look at um, let's say some form of. Uh, uh, deals on my paper or uh, on my table and things like that I think about the covenant I, I think about the worst case scenario um, I think about if that young upstart entrepreneur when they're pitching for funding or when they're selling some piece of their equity like are you able to tell me if hell all hell breaks loose what's happening to your business and if you can and that's the worst case scenario and you're confident that that's really the worst one 
I'm in with you, if you know. Because uh, as with cash flow, protecting our downside is very important. I don't want outflows. I, I want to close them as much as I can. The upside, I'll let it come, right? So uh, I, I think the, the insurance mindset uh, is not just about the policies. It's about the way we think about our businesses. I think, I think uh, Kevin will understand that. I think Timothy will understand that too. It's like, hey, at the bare minimum, our efforts daily, I'm closing off all these issues and I'm nipping it at the butt, right? So that's why, that's why if we have any form of a VAs or content producers, and if they produce something slightly out of scope, we'll be like, hey, 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 you're off, you're off, you're off. The client's going to chew us alive, right? You're going to chew us alive. Hey, watch it. So I think that's why, that's, that's the kind of thing that drives the way we think about things. Um, whether it's cash flow. Um, I think cash flow is one thing. Cash outflow is a very big thing, right? Uh, if it's a small hole, <laughs> that's good. Better attend to them like now, right? You won't want that small hole to become a Titanic. You won't want <laughs> a little filling operation to become a teeth extraction operation, right? So, so it's, it's a, how should I say, it's, it's a preparation mindset, really. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kevin. Go and ahead. I think people forget too, uh, when we're talking about cash flow finances, right? This yeah. is something you can control. Oh, definitely. You know? So there are things in this world, pandemic, you can't control. Okay? <laughs> uh, your government, oh, you can stay home. Your you government, can stay home. you can't control, okay? Uh, ah, you know, okay. you can control a little bit, but, uh, you know, overall, you know, it takes a lot of us in order to control it, right? And it depends what country you live in. But cash flow, you can control, you know? It's on you. You have no one to blame, you know? Yep. I mean, the opportunities are out there to make money. Um, yep. I mean, there's jobs out there. Even when economy is bad, there are jobs. It's just we're picky. We don't want to pick those jobs. But, hey, you can always feed yourself. You can always find a place to live. Um, it might not be the ideal, but it's out there, right? Yep. And then you can create cash flow. So it yeah. takes, like everyone else on, on here just said, it takes hustling, you know, doing something, right? And yeah. I think that's so important is um, just focusing on the things you can control. Yep. And, and cash flow is huge. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, we have – oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's I, I was going to say, like, the audience are, like, full of hustlers. See, they're giving, like, ideas for DJ and all <laughs> kinds of cash ideas. Wow, you got amazing audience right there. So, Timothy, I we expect you to do DJ and then maybe market it next time, and then people might want your services. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy, I have a business idea for you, okay? Hey, Tim. Tim, right now there's a pandemic going on. A lot of people are <laughs> bored at home. And people get tired of um, shows like this where we just talk about business stuff. To be honest, if you did like an online live DJ show on LinkedIn, I guarantee you at around 9 p.m., it'll be way more popular than Bottoms Up Perspective. <laughs> okay, so, so you're, laughing, you're laughing. Okay, who's going to be a singer? Payment. Who's going to be a singer? Yeah, I'll take the payment. Okay, who's the singer? So, Timothy DJ, who's the singer? I can sing, but mostly. 
Money. We're talking about money. New hustle. Let's talk money. I don't turn down money. We're gonna do a live um LinkedIn karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh that works for Jeremy too. With, with DJ De Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I I need to get a new mic. I think you get a good mic for singing. It ties in with the. <laughs> oh, that's great. Got it all, bro. <laughs> Oh man, you guys are yeah, and then like make sure to invite Amy Quig, they, they're gonna be joining in the fun because like they're the one with all the ideas. <laughs> new sure hustle, someone, new hustle. Someone will sing, someone will dance, and someone does a DJ, and then someone does the whatever, like cheering and on the side. <laughs> hey oh, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin, remember we talked this, about the donate button. Uh, you know of the hustling idea. You never know. You never know what kind of uh, exposures or contents that actually open up more doors, isn't it? It's very interesting. Yeah. Like I caught, I caught Timothy's post on the DJing one too. So, so the point is this, right? I think all of us we are too caught up on the the micro game within social media, which is the likes, the comments, the reshares, and things like that. Oh my god, that guy disconnected with me. I'm like, dude. Like get a life, like that's not the point, right? But the, the thing is, if, if you have few likes, very little comments, but like Timothy, that DJ post, everyone remembers, everyone think about entertainment and wants to contact him. I think Timothy is gonna be very happy with that post. Like, hey, if this is the this is a right post, I love it, right? Um, and then and then um I, I did one post on my, my dental trip. <laughs> Until today, people are like, are like DMing me like, oh man, your dentist must be stunning. Like, which, which clinic is that? I'm like, dude, that's not the point. The point is that she has good salesmanship. It has nothing to do with her base. <laughs> and, and that post, for some reason, it has gotten me, it has gotten me one, um, one podcast invite and a webinar invite. So you never know. I mean, like, like, to the spirit of hustling, just venture into the unknown. It's like, what's stopping us from typing a little something about our life and things like that, just, just getting out there, right? Because you never know what's going to come. Like sometimes, somehow, somewhere, someone is like, oh, geez, I never know that we can do that. Or, you know, so, so let's, let's reach out to this guy. Maybe he knows uh, how to do things. But actually, we don't know how to do things. But we try to believe that we know how to do things. Like, Tim, I don't know if you're a real DJ or not, but if someone would like, oh, 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 you are going to do it, right? I'm very much your <laughs> Aldrich is questioning you. Skill set. Perfectly understand. And I love LinkedIn. I promise you. Oh, you guys. But yeah, I mean, listen. If you guys notice now, here's here's. You want to hear a breadcrumb trail? So my posts have been very linear this week because I talk about multiple sources of income. Yeah. And there you go, DJing, entrepreneur, and they're they're one and the same, really. But yeah. the reality is I have a different business outside of DJing. But I talked about multiple sources of income. We talked about it on the show. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's all revenue. It all goes to the same place, which is my checking account, right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's it's important to have more than one revenue stream. You don't have to be a DJ. But, you know, <laughs> do something that you love and enjoy that makes you money. That's the way I feel about it. So, so and that's, Chris, that's, that's just, you know... DJing is probably the most passionate. I could care less if I made a dime off it. I love it. It's fun. So, so Christine, what are you drinking there? <laughs> 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 oh, that's too loud. 
<laughs> Thanks for asking the question. I was thinking about. I was curious too. Oh no, my boyfriend made this avocado shake. It's called the avocado coffee shake. It actually tastes really good. So yeah, it's like our because like we have an avocado that's ripe. You know, you buy from Costco. It's like large chunk, and it's like they go ripe the same day. Like so, so he just decided to make the shake. So <laughs> it's like summer here. It's warm. <laughs> that is awesome. So I, I should have um, muted myself, huh? Because like it's like it's the last piece. But it's like if you slurp. <laughs> <laughs> But but that's the whole point here, right? Um, the whole idea is bottoms up. If you can see all the bar stools and the um, beer up top, you know, the whole point is, hey, this is no different than a conversation if we were sitting at a lounge or at the bar together, right? Um, happy hour. You know, it's just a conversation we like to have with our audience and talk about some trending topics. Um, no one's right. Or, and no one's wrong, right? It's just being open-minded, have a global perspective, right? And just look at things different, you know? And we, I mean, there's so many ways um, when you talk money, right? How you can utilize it, how you can accumulate it, how you can lose it, right? Um, some people like losing it, you know? <laughs> and uh, who I, knows, I don't like right? losing it, I'll tell you that. I promise you that. <laughs> yep. But um, the whole point is, hey, uh, we're here to just discuss and talk and chat. And um, that's what's so awesome about this show. And um, Christine, um, it's been awesome tonight, too. Um, just being able to share with us, you know, your experience with money. And so my question to you is how you got the name Money Queen? <laughs> oh, yes. A good question. So actually, one of my followers gave it to me. I, I I didn't make that up. Okay, so one of my followers, I don't know, she's been following me a while and commenting. So one day she's like, she's saying something um, about replying to a comment uh, to the post and said, "Money Queen, you know, I love this." And then like other people replied to the comment, "Oh, I like that, I like that." And then I said, "Oh, ha ha ha, maybe I should put that in my head." Like I wasn't too serious. And they're like, "Go for it, go for it, go for it." And then I said, I said. Okay, sure. Why not? So I just changed it to money. Game. It was kind. Of, I, I don't know. I kind of like it now, so I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> so money. Game. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. People are starting to say, "Oh, money queen. Definitely oh, good thank you. No, I, I'm gonna create a hashtag. Huh? the money queen. <laughs> so I'm gonna make that my yeah, night. I have three hey. hashtags now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I didn't make that up. My followers did. Like, I, 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 I'm not very good at making up names, so I'm, I'm happy she gave me that name. Maybe I should tag her <laughs> for making that up. <laughs> I think it's yeah. a very strong personal branding. It's like um, I talk about I talk about uh, financial freedom every Friday based on my content posts, and uh, on and off, people will be saying, "Oh, that's the topic for Christine," and then you're you're tagged into that post out of the blue. I didn't tag you; someone else tagged you. So I thought, <laughs> I thought like, hmm, okay, that's very interesting. So I'll, I'll just I'll just do it once a week. I'm not gonna do it every day because I I'm gonna go head on. I'm just gonna do something else, and sideline. I'm just gonna talk a little bit about that because that's really interesting. But but I think I think for our general audience out here, um, especially for for the young ones cross Atlantic, right? I'm always taking care of our relationships there. Uh, I think when it comes to personal branding, side. As, as, as a side topic, but it's still very important in terms of deriving our cash flows because we, our own, we are our own products to begin with. 
um, as an entrepreneur or as on the side or a freelancer or solopreneur to speak, when people know you and when your name sticks, it becomes a real brand name, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. You don't need to justify what you do anymore. It's in the open and people know you, right? So uh, why not spend some time on that? If you are really, really interested into like building cash flows for yourself and things like that, it's the work that gives you the paid work. It's never about, don't think too much about, oh, you know, I, I, I only serve my clients after they pay me and things like that. It doesn't work that way. Truthfully, it doesn't work that way. A, a majority, a bulk of my time that I spent, they are not paid, but I have to do it in order to be paid. So um, I think learning from you in terms of your personal branding, it's a real life lesson. It's a real life lesson. Hustling, cash flow. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, I, I was going to say that I started on LinkedIn um september october of last year so i just um because then i i wasn't sure which social media to focus on so my my niche is uh working professionals so of course they they are on instagram and many other places right but to link for me linkedin just makes sense to me like working profession i i have been on linkedin for a long time but i don't do anything with it except for to update my profile i got a new job whatever but i i have no idea like what the heck is LinkedIn? But then, like, I decide to just deep dive into it, and then, like, you know, and then just, just really, like, like with anything, right? To build a relationship, you spend time on it. So I start spending time on LinkedIn, like at least an hour a day, just engaging, and then just, just, you know, just being aware of like noticing what people do, and then just slowly, like, like it, I have been spending every single day at least an hour a day. Then I slowly start posting, and then that's kind of how you grow. You, you really have to commit to spending time. Even like people who who hire me as a coach or buy the online court course, like I tell them, you have to have time at least an hour. I mean, you can buy the course and you don't do the work. I mean. <laughs> You're not gonna grow, so you can't blame me for that. You still have to do the work. I'm not gonna do the work for you. I just guide you to do the work, unless you hire a VA. So I know, like, I know people or some influencers here, like you know, um, they they just hire VA to do the engaging and the the responding messaging. I don't want that. I like the authentic engagement, and I have fun, you know, like you know, like the chat and stuff like that. I I like that. I like the interaction. You know, I I like social media. I do enjoy it. I think for some people, they they just don't enjoy it, so they hire a VA. But it's the it's not me. Like it's it's I don't build that relationship. If I'm you know, if I have my VA, I would have known Aldrich if that was my VA, and then Aldrich messaged me later, and then you'll be like, yeah, Christine, you've been telling me this, and I'll be like. What? Oh yeah, that was my VA who responded, not me. <laughs> so that's like inauthentic, right? So so yeah. I, I I don't want that. That's why I try to be efficient with my time. So I still do everything, and then that's all it is. You you have to be just efficient with your time. You have to know how to manage your time. Bring up an entrepreneur. Otherwise, you're gonna get sucked into the rabbit hole of LinkedIn the whole day. So you you have to manage that time. Yeah, I, I think, thank I think you so much. All of us. For all of yes. us who really understand marketing and our own businesses, we will not have VAs to do the engagements for us, right? It doesn't make sense. It's seriously. Yep. It's like, and it's I think like that's how... so key too. It's uh, exactly what Christine said. It's just yep. being able to balance, right? And, mm -hmm. and being able to uh, be the authentic you. And I think she can attest to that. You know, I mean, she built, uh, is it over 50K, right? Followers. But, you know, she's engaging. She's putting in the work, you know. And yep. I think so many people are looking for this um, hands-free magic, you know. And I always tell my client, it's, it's called a unicorn. It doesn't exist. 
even large corporations, they want these agencies like us to just do it for them. And I'm like, I'm not there every day. You know, uh, I don't know what's going on, you know? And I was like, I can coach you. We can empower your team to do these social media platforms better. But if you're looking for someone to do it for you, it's like a unicorn, you know, it's not out there and you have to, like Eldrick said, you have to personally engage, you know, and still put in the work. All of us, all, you know, I, all five of us, you know, we spend probably a good hour to hour and a half or two daily just responding to um, comments, you know, and building relationships, you know, yep. so. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Some days I can't. Some days I, you know, there's days where I do go dark on LinkedIn. It's few and far between. There are, there are a day or two where I just, I can't get to it. I got too much stuff in real life. So, yep, yep. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's very draining. So you, you do have to manage your time. And then there were a time where I almost got burned out. So I actually made it every other day of posting. But I, I do feel like something's missing if I don't post something today. Like, like I'm going to tell myself, oh, I'm so tired. And next day I'll say, I'm going to post. And then normally I normally post at 8 a.m., even 7 to 8 a.m. PST. But later on, like, up like to 9 o'clock, 10, I'm like, I feel something's missing with my day if I don't post. <laughs> so, yes. so, I end, so I end up posting like on the 10, 11 o'clock. So I don't know. It just became a habit. I like the interaction. So I end up posting. So I, I just post once a day. And then like, I know some people say post twice a day, three times a day. But uh, for me, my opinion is that I don't think you need to do multiple posts. They do one really good post per day. And then you make sure it's really good that you're going to attract as much engagement. And then like, then you can keep engaging with the comments because it's very hard for you. You have two or three, like, let's say it's, it's very high engagement, then you, you won't have any more time, you know? So I do a lot of back end stuff too. So I think that's why one post a day is good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. And I do the same thing. I do a post a day and I think people forget um, the value is not just in the posts, it's in your commenting. If you think of it this way, right, when you think of social media platforms, right, and I've been doing social media since my MySpace days, okay, these are relationship platforms. So they're not lead generation platforms, they're not yes. business platforms, they weren't designed that way. They're designed for you to connect with others and build relationships. So if you want to grow these relationship platforms, you need to build relationships. Mm -hmm. It's a no-brainer, yeah. people. Yep. Stop mm -hmm. trying to use it as a sales platform. This is not a sales platform, okay? There's a lot <laughs> of sales platforms out there, okay, tied to a CRM. And you can trigger <laughs> it. You can blast people all day, okay? But – these are relationship platforms. So guess what? How do you build relationships? You talk to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I can follow Christine all day, but until she hop on my live show, <laughs> it's totally changed. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I'm going to go engage with her because I feel like I know her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same thing. Eldrick, Jeremy, Timothy. I didn't yeah. know them from Adam before LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But I went and reached out to Eldrick and Jeremy and go, hey, you guys are across the sea. I want to get to know you. And then we started talking, and now they became friends. And then they invited Timothy to the group. And now we have this live show. We're on episode 13, you know. But it was one thing after another. And now we've yep. built a bottoms-up family, right? 
yeah. Dennis, who's on our show today. You know, there's multiple people, Amy, different people. But it starts with one droplet, right? And then us mm -hmm. commenting and reaching out. That's how you build relationships. And exactly. There's nothing different, okay? People always go, oh, you know, the oh, sales <laughs> has changed, marketing has changed, oh, the way you build relationships change. How has it changed? How did you build relationships before the internet? If you don't pick up the phone and call people, if you don't walk across the street to your neighbors and go, hi, my name's Kevin, I just moved into this house, nice to meet you, but you won't know your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. So how has it changed? The vehicles change. So yep. uh, drill that in your head. And if you're looking for some fancy way to do marketing, and I own an agency, guys. I work with most <laughs> okay. okay? It's no different. <laughs> if you're a large brand, you have to connect to people's heart, the emotional aspect. You know, yep. that's what Nike has done really well. Amazon, all the brands that are doing it out there, it touches the heart. It, they're building relationships just at a larger scale. Yep. You know, that's why people buy Starbucks, okay? <laughs> it's, it's not because the coffee's amazing. It, exactly. So expensive. Comment. But no, I mean, Kevin, you're 100% right. I mean, and I'll tie it back to money, right? Yep. It's, it's exactly like you said, right? I mean, I'm wearing a Nike hat, just like you said. And truth be told, like, I invested in Nike. Like, I'm a shareholder now. Like, that's how much I freaking love Nike. Like, but that's because of the marketing and branding. And also because the stock is doing okay. <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, you, you get that literally invested in a brand. And that's what happens. So... You know, if you want people to spend money on you, you have to build your brand to that point where somebody is that invested in you, you know? So I think that's, to tie it back to money, that's how I think all the relationship matters and how you're going to turn a relationship into dollars by getting people to follow your brand and, uh, you know, being unique. So For sure. Yep. Do I need and to break out the teddy bear and the DJ equipment since it was so Oh, please. Let's do, Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, and I think it's so, this is so key is, um, you know, I think sometimes we overthink um, all these social media platforms and all these, um, you know, how business supposed to be, right? What is LinkedIn friendly, right? At the end of the day, you know, people who start something new are the ones that are getting traction, that are building a strong personal brand, you know? So um, be the first, be original, just like Tim here. He's got his teddy bear out. Teddy bear's agreeing with the conversation. Teddy bear's not his Oh, my God. This is about to be my new mascot. Yeah, I think so. Can we have the bear instead of you, Tim? Bear's going to do the DJing from here on. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's gonna come he's gonna come into the next show in a bear suit <laughs> maybe create create a new pro profile for the bear <laughs> the bear's beatboxing 
Alright, alright, you can cut. This is not, this is not for advertisement. You can cut. <laughs> you can cut. Enough. We have given oh, enough oh. airtime. This is fine. Alright. Uh, unless you're willing to reverse sponsor the show, you can go all day. We'll dance with you. Listen, that's gonna be the most memorable part of the show. If anybody watches, oh yeah, until the one seventeen mark, they're gonna forward on YouTube until they see that. Right, well, I think so too. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, I want to thank Christine um, for hopping on our show and join us for episode fourteen next week. We go talk about the future of the workplace. Right, uh, what does that look like um, for you and um, for us? Right. Um, and we look forward to having the folks that were on this show to hop on next week as well. So talk to you later. Have a good night. Yeah, great. And good Thank day. you so good much, night, guys. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.